This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate Cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Welcome in to the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. I'm Jay Zawoski with Greg Boyson and Mario Tirabasi. Thanks for joining us today. We appreciate you being here. Make sure you smash that like button on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. Podcast listeners, follow or subscribe on your preferred podcast app or really all the podcast apps. Just download all of them and then subscribe or follow us on all of them. And then, you know, listen wherever you want. Mix it up. Keep things fresh. It's very, very helpful. And throw us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. That would be greatly appreciated as well. All right, Mario did it. Volume one of Mario's 2023-24 Prospect Pyramid is out. You can read it right now at allchgo.com, but it's going to be the show today as well. Uh, Mario did a ton of hard work on this, put a ton of time and energy into it. So, uh, a ton of work. I'm going to call it a ton of work. No energy. <laughs> <laughs> well have you no, lead us through i was yeah uh okay yeah yeah prospect pyramid um you know we've been we've been talking about it uh for a little bit now coming up uh in in the off season especially after development camp and, and the draft and everything um over the years give you a little backstory over the years prospect rankings i know a lot of people and outlets do it numerically one through 20 25 and all that stuff um but i have found that we get into these arguments over who's who should be number five versus who should be number eight versus who's number 19 and who's number 20 and and, and all this stuff and look like a, a lot of a lot of these guys the the difference between them is is razor thin so you know i i feel like a better system is putting them into these tiers into these categories in which you know this this prospect looks to fit this bill rather than this prospect is number five and he's better than prospect at number seven because of xyz like a lot of these guys that they're on they're on the same kind of playing field so o- over the years uh, i've i've kind of gone through this this pyramid system uh, so this will be the second ever uh, pyramid in the CHGO era uh, for the Black Blackhawks prospects. So uh, very happy that uh, this is done. Uh, so I, I enjoy doing doing this and going through all the guys, and and I like looking back and and seeing you know who's you know who's moved up in 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 my estimations, who's moved down, um, you know who who fits, you know who are some of the new guys that that that, that fit in where. 
Um, so it's going to be uh, it's going to be fun to to go through. So eligibility for this uh, prospect pyramid, uh, based on how I determine a prospect, is uh, two disqualifiers for a player. Um, one, if they have played more than ninety NHL games in their career, uh, and the other one is if they are older than 23 years old when the season starts. So that'll be older than 23 uh, on October 10th, 2023 for the start of this season. So looking at the Blackhawks prospect system, uh, there are 43 prospects that uh, that fit that bill uh, to be under 90 NHL games played, younger than uh, 23 at the start of the season, 27 forwards, 13 defensemen, and three goaltenders. And you have it tiered off into five levels. Uh, <coughs> level one is a special prospect slash franchise player. You have examples here, Jonathan Taze, Patrick Kane, Connor McDavid, Sidney Crosby. Your level two is quality prospect slash longtime NHL player. Examples there, Patrick Sharp, Nicholas Jalmerson, Tony Amante, Brian Campbell. Level three, good prospect, complimentary player. Examples are Andrew Shaw, Brian Bickle, Dave Bowen, Johnny Oduya. Level four, average prospect slash depth player. I think we all know what those are. And level five, the one I'd be in, everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it makes sense for us to start at the top here. And I don't think there's many questions as to uh, who's going to be in your top tier here, Mario. Yeah. And this this top tier has gotten me in trouble over the years because uh, in, in past iterations of the prospect pyramid, guys like Adam Boquist and Kirby Doc. Uh, have have been here before and i think um i after seeing how those players developed and you know what their ceilings uh, are looking like they're going to be i had to do some self-reflection and be like okay take the blackhawks colored glasses off um what what do these top tier prospects that the blackhawks have actually look like so you know uh, this is a tier where like i like i like you mentioned the the examples that I that I put together there like these are franchise cornerstone players these are players that you 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 take in a draft and you say they are the guy uh Kane Taze uh Austin Matthews McDavid Ovechkin Crosby all those kinds of players um and f- finally for the first time in in uh, my prospect pyramid history there's actually a legitimate uh, guy for this for this tier and it, and it is Connor McDavid or Connor Bedard rather and 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 only Connor Bedard and I and I probably unless the Blackhawks somehow you know win the lottery uh, next year or the year after and there you know Macklin Celebrini is is getting to that level of of you know Bedard or McDavid or those guys as prospects which I don't know if we expect that to happen but uh, Mc, uh, Bedard will be that guy. And it'll only be him for a while, I assume. So, look, like you can go to our YouTube page, go through the Connor Bedard playlist. That's all. You, that's all the information yeah. you'll need to know about Connor Bedard. Like, he's 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 that he is that guy. He, I think, he is that special player that is going to come in and be the face of the franchise. He's going to be the main attraction um, until he's not. And I think, you know, with, with yesterday's show, we were talking about Dom Lucision's, um, you know, the, the goal differential and, and how, how teams have added or subtracted from, from their seasons uh, during the offseason uh, from last year to this year so far and how Bedard wasn't listed for the Blackhawks. But if he was, he would have taken them from 23rd on the ranking to tied for fifth 
uh, I think that that you know that analytical backing is really all you need to know about what Bedard's capabilities uh, could be for the Blackhawks um, right away, and then what he might the special player he might turn out to be uh, as his career progresses and as he develops. This is the one episode where we can kind of brush past Connor Bedard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and say, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, we all know it's, Connor Bedard. It's, 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 it's ho-hum. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> all right. So who do you got in your uh, in your second tier here, Mario? So second tier is uh, it's 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 interesting. Um, this one was uh, when I when I put it together last year, there were uh, five. I'm sorry. Um, four names. One, two, three four or five, I'm sorry, five names. Uh, none of them went up. None of them went down. And one of them uh, was added this year uh, from the draft. So in this, in this second tier, the, the tier number two quality prospects slash longtime NHL player. I have Lucas Reichel, Frank Nazar, Kevin Korchinski, Alex Vlasic, Drew Camezzo, and Oliver Moore. Um, these are all guys that I think both the Blackhawks and um, people observing the organization as far as their prospect system goes. These are all guys that I think all have that long-term hope and expectation that they're going to be NHL players. They're going to be top end NHL contributors. And these are going to be, you know, those not necessarily the guys that shoulder the load for the franchise, but they're going to be the ones that complement a guy like Connor Bedard, um, or whoever else the Blackhawks potentially bring in as a free agent or a trade uh, trade piece that fit that mold, that top tier, top line player, that star player. These are going to be the guys that that help help those players and 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 are able to shoulder some of the weight uh, and still be those contributing factors. And maybe maybe a few of these guys become NHL All Stars. Um, hopefully, they all lift a cup with Chicago at uh, at some point. With Korchinski in your second tier, was there any thought to you as you were developing this to maybe move him in that top tier or no? Um, no, I I, I think Korchinski is is one of those guys that you know if I was numerically doing this, um, he'd be you know out of this tier probably number one um, in this in this group. Uh, but I I think you know his projection. Um, the the expectations that he has of being you know a top pair defenseman, uh, a guy who's who can be a, a special play um, or a special teams player, uh, power play specialist guy, a guy like that. Um, for me, if I were to put him in in the in the top tier along with Connor Bedard, I'd have to be, I would have to be sold that not only is his offensive game going to pan out at the NHL level and, and develop into something uh, effective, but his defensive game will be there. And, and while he's not, you know, a turnstile defensively, I think there's still some questions on, you know, will, will he be more of an offensive guy and have to be paired with a guy who's a little bit more uh, defensively responsible to get the most out of him. Um, if he was, you know, the, the comparison, I think, what was it? Scott Wheeler said he could be Roman Yossi. Like, I, I, I think Roman Yossi is one of one of the best defensemen in the NHL, but I don't think anyone would say he's one of the best two. So I think that's 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 where I I thought about uh, Korchinski in that um, in that tier. Like that. That's yeah. Totally the, the, the biggest the biggest question I had for this tier was was Alex Vlasic, and 
I think it's because, you know, uh, we saw the the salt the small sample size from him uh, when he first made his NHL debut and how he progressed. And by the end of that 2022 uh, season, you know, it was like, oh, he's he's playing with Seth Jones, he's playing effectively. And I think we all kind of thought, oh, he'd be a full-time NHLer last year. And he went down to the Ice Hogs and played the majority of the season there in Rockford. Um, still took some some positive steps forward. Still took some, you know, his development is still going in the right direction. But I think this year there's still a little bit of a question mark if he's going to be a full-time NHLer. And I think that was why I was a little bit on the fence of would he be Tier 2, Tier 3. But I still think the – the physical tools are there, and I think the the skill set is there for him to be a top four defenseman uh, for this team eventually. And he's one of these prospects that is kind of getting the red carpet laid out of like, here's your opportunity, mm-hmm. go be a full time NHLer. So it's going to be interesting to see um, what he does with that opportunity this training camp and, and into the season. Yeah, I, I, I and, that was kind of I was sort of thinking about that too. Like, is Vlasic in that in that tier? But I feel like every time we've seen him, he's gotten better and better. And, you know, at the end of last year, I, I would say even at the end of the year before his rookie year, going from, you know, uh, Derek King saying he just flat out isn't ready to suddenly being a top pair guy in the course of what, like 15 games. Yeah, I, I just think he's been really impressive and his ability to adapt and, and get better, um, you know, kind of quickly has been impressive. So I think he starts the season here. Uh, I don't think there's much question about that, and I'm really excited to see what he can do over 82 games and and, and if he's up here for good because I think he's pretty much done everything you can ask him to do. He's not, not going to be a guy who's going to score a ton of goals or, or do those sort of things. The only thing left for him to prove is can he play at the NHL level on a regular basis. So let's yeah. see. Now is the time to find out, right? Yeah, and, and his size, his skating, and his length, I think, really benefit – what a what the Blackhawks are, are looking for in defensemen we've we've seen a change organizationally to you know kind of valuing those those bigger mobile defensemen rather than just mobile and if you're 511 it's fine um so I think that's that's why I think Vlasic has a, a, a little bit of a leg up amongst some of the other uh defensive prospects coming up because of his his size and and how defensively he can you know gap up players because he's six six and 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 has the length that you know it could can you try and go around him he's a he's a big guy to try and go around and if you're going to try and go through him you're going to have to go through an arm or a stick or you know a leg or he's going to get a body on you so i think it's the the style of player that he is i think lends to the fact that he has the ability to be be a, a, a top minutes eating defenseman in, in, in the league in the future. Yeah, I think this will be a good, a big year for Vlasic. Um, and I also would like to say, like, if we don't see that all star potential coming out of him this season and he struggles, let's not all just rush to say, oh, he's a bust. He's a bust. Oh, yeah. He's still very, very young. Um, and young defensemen struggle. Young defensemen have ups and downs in their first two, three, four full seasons. Um, you know, there were times when when Duncan Keith looked absolutely clueless out there his first couple seasons. You could say the same for Brent Seabrook. They struggled a lot. So, um, while I think Vasek is 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 a full time NHLer this year, like 
let's get ready to expect some bumps along the way. If not, go to Awesome, but let's be realistic. (laughs) And the the other name in that tier that I'm interested to see where he's at a year from now when we're we're doing this prospect uh, pool again is is Drew Camezzo. I know there's a lot of high hopes for him, rightfully so. Um, He's the number one goalie prospect in in this – on this organization. Let's see what a – full AHL season does for him. Do we still feel that way a year from now that he's our guy? We were asked yesterday or Monday or earlier this week, you know, when the Blackhawks are Stanley cup contender again, who do we envision being the goalie? We all said Camesso. And I think that was more of like, it better be, or something's gone wrong. Like, I don't think we were like very, like it's going to be him. No doubt. It's like, well, it should be him. I mean, he's the guy that's, you know, being looked for that. So yeah. I look forward to seeing him uh, play in Rockford all season and then see where we're at next year if we're still high on the on the Drew Camezzo train. I think we will be. I, I think he's going to be just fine. He's shown in his college career that he can have spurts where he struggles but then rebounds nicely and, and finishes strong. So we'll see how that goes out this year. Yeah. yeah, I think for Camezzo, the way I look at it is like probably since Corey Crawford was was around and going through the minors, he's the best goaltending prospect as far as, you know, production and pedigree in, you know, juniors, college, you know, and all that leading up to his professional debut. I think since since Crawford was around, I think he's the best that the Blackhawks have had. So I think that's where a lot of the hope comes from is like, OK, you know, upper end second round pick guys, you know, was team USA's goalie at the world juniors world championships. Uh, you know, was selected to the Olympic team. Like there's already before he's even stepped on, on a, on the ice for professional game. He's had those opportunities and, you know, he's played in some big, big games, big tournaments for Boston and and has been the, the starter for basically the entire time he was there. Um, so yeah, I think, I think that's where a lot of the, the, the hopes come from. And, yeah, I, I I'd I would like for him to pan out. I think it would it would be great for the Blackhawks to be in a position where you know they they rested on Corey Crawford for a long time um, and never really took a took a swing on a high upside goalie uh, in the draft because I, I think you know previous management figured well we have Corey Crawford it's totally fine. Um, it would be nice for you know a, a guy like Camezzo who, to the credit of the former GM was one of his selections. Um, it would be nice for a drafted goalie to eventually pan out and be the starter. And not only just the starter, but be a starter of of quality. Yep, that's why I kind of like the, the move of, of drafting another high-level uh, potential goalie in the second round this year. Yeah. You know, it's always good to have insurance. It's always good to have more than one really good goalie in your in your system. Uh, we saw it this year in, in the Stanley Cup playoffs. You got to have more than one goalie most of the time, unless you got one of those elite world class goalies. But those guys are hard to find. But, you know, hey, maybe we're going to have a situation here that we had in the early 90s when we had to decide between Ed Belfour and Dominic Kasich. Man, that was an embarrassment of riches right there. <laughs> Which Hall of Fame goalie do we trade? Which one do we just keep and win yeah. with for the next 10 years? Yeah. They, I still think they take too much heat for that. Like at the time, Belfort was was 
better. Oh, by far. Hasek, even even when Hasek was traded, it still took him like three or four years in Buffalo to get to that elite Hall of Fame level. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So a couple things that the draft like kind of raised my eyebrows and we haven't we haven't talked about this specifically, but a the fact that they took Adam Guyan in the second round so high. I wonder what that means about their feelings about Camesso. Are they not as confident? Is it just, hey, he was the best guy available, so he took him? And the other thing is, I, you have Oliver Moore rightfully in your second t- pyramid in my in my mind, but the fact that he slipped to nineteen does like have you guys thought about that at all? Like, God, I wonder why. Like, I wonder why eighteen other teams passed on Oliver Moore when everything we read about him going into the draft was potentially top ten you know, probably won't get past 13 and he goes all the way to 19. I wonder if there's something that we're missing um, <laughs> about Oliver Moore. I hope not. Hopefully it's just, it's just good luck and just, you know, the luck of the draw for the Hawks. But um, ever since he slipped, I'm kind of like, I wonder why, I wonder why he slipped. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, if you look at, at uh, Scott Wheeler's 50 top prospects heading into the year, he's got Oliver Moore at 17 yeah. of all NHL prospects, not just guys drafted this year. So I don't know. I think it's more of a case of some GMs trying to be the smartest guy in the room. We know what that's like here, you know, <laughs> trying to, you know, look what the Coyotes did. They went out and probably reached at both of their picks, six and 12. Like they could have had Oliver Moore at one of those picks and been, just you know happy so i think a lot of guys um and, and then when arizona picked the two it was both defensemen right that they that they, they picked uh, uh simashev and then right. uh boot right yeah, yeah. so a, a defenseman of four but those are both guys that were going to be there much later um and i think that made other guys other teams you know go after guys that not had a, maybe they would have targeted more go after guys that that they didn't expect to be there so they they got them there and uh you know thank you arizona coyotes at least your suits matched <laughs> yeah, yeah that was cute right that was adorable yeah I, Very cute. I i think i think you're right greg about about more and how other teams <laughs> you have to you have to factor in other teams draft boards and, and what they're uh what they're prioritizing and, and what they're looking for obviously uh with the example of arizona they prioritized size uh in in their draft and um you know it's we saw Matvey Mitchkov fall to seven like you know that that we saw you know surefire number two Adam Philly Adam Fantilli go to three you know uh, so I I think you you look at what different scouting departments think about different players um it was it's obvious that the Blackhawks loved Oliver Moore and maybe some other teams were just in love uh, with uh, with other players a little bit more than they were with him. Um, you know, he was the fourth forwards op- f- the number the fourth forward option with the national team development program behind Will Smith, Gabe Perot, and Ryan Leonard, all who were drafted ahead of him. So, you know, when when you kind of go down the pecking order, like I, I can see why he fell. It's still surprising that he was there at 19 and we, we talked about it when, you know, uh, earlier this week. And when we were at the draft, we were like all just looking at each other, like there's, there's so much quality still available at 19. And he was part of that group where we were like, man, like that's impressive. And the physical tools are there, obviously the, the speed, the, the playmaking, uh, you know, his hands, his shot, like it's all there. 
I think it's just maybe one of the questions in, in why he fell was just, is he just a freak athlete? And that's what's going to get him, you know, that's as far as he's going to go. Or is he going to also be able to not only, you know, play the game at, at a high speed, but also think the game at a high speed. I, I think that's one of the, I think that's one of the factors that maybe he fell a little bit. Other teams were maybe looking for guys that, um, you know, maybe think the game a little bit differently or, or, or at a quicker pace. But I think eventually, you know, he's going to Minnesota. He'll probably play there two years. Um, you know, I, I think eventually once he does hit the pro- professional ice, I think we're going to look, be looking at a, a prospect that is like, you know, hopefully steps right in and, and can play with Reichel and Bedard and, and all these guys take take the steps that uh, that we're hoping. Well, look, I think when you've got speed, uh, you're in an advantage right away. And, and you know, we've, we've had guys on the Hawks who have probably – had NHL careers based on their speed alone and Victor Stahlberg. And I think Sam Lafferty is another guy who maybe not quite as they're different kind of players, but I think if Lafferty didn't have the speed he has, he's probably one of those perennial AHL guys, but that's a huge difference maker. And more, mm-hmm. more than both those guys seems to have more offensive game and more offensive upside. So um, I, I, I don't think he's going to be bad. I when I see Kyle Davidson, that <laughs> enthusiastic about a player, you know, you got to be like, damn, there must be really be onto something here. Um, but when you see a guy fall too, you got to kind of like eh, get your attention a little bit. You mentioned his speed and how well that's going to serve him. But not only his speed individually, but adding him to a roster full of already fast guys that make mm-hmm. that's going to make him suit him even and make him more dangerous potentially. If he's just one fast guy with a bunch of average skaters. You know, it doesn't make him as dangerous. But when you put, if you can put him potentially on a line or in a top six with Reichel and Bedard and and Frank Nazar, who's got great speed, and Kevin Korczynski on the back end, and guys like that, all of a sudden, you know, you talk about like those the 2010, 2013 Blackhawks, which just they had that speed, they had that puck possession, they just didn't let you have the puck most nights, and and we could be getting back to that sort of hockey. I know that's that appears to be the game plan. Yeah, well, that, I mean, that's the that's the Bedard ripple effect we talked about too, because having him takes a lot of the offensive pressure off other guys. Like, and just from a spotlight perspective, right? Like, of course, the Hawks still want and need Lucas Reichel and Oliver Moore to become dependable goal scorers, but maybe now Reichel doesn't have to be you know, a 70 point guy anymore for this, for the rebuild to work. Now, if you're, if you're looking at a 50, 60 point guy, okay. It's a little easier to swallow. And conversely, if him and Bedard play together, then you're probably going to see higher numbers than he would get on your average line. Right. So that's the, that's the, aside from Bedard being this excellent, excellent, like generational prospect, you're also getting a guy who's taking a lot of the pressure off a bunch of the other guys. And if you want to take the pressure off yourself, you're feeling a little bit stressed, you're a little bit anxious, maybe having trouble sleeping, kick back with some of the great products from our friends at Sunnyside Cannabis Dispensary. Sunnyside is your home for judgment-free cannabis shopping, a place where all kinds of visitor- visitors are welcome to explore, discover, and purchase a wide array of high-quality products. Sunnyside has everything you need to elevate your summer. It's Illinois' favorite dispensary from Chicago to the suburbs, Wrigleyville to River North, Champaign to South Beloit, Forest Park to Park Forest. I added that one. 
because I never know which is which. And I live right by one of them. I think I live by Forest Park. I don't know. I'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Park Forest is north. Forest Park is more south. Yeah, Forest Park is cool. Google it. There's a really cool history to Forest Park. Anyway, as it is a sunny side summer Friday, we want to talk about who made us feel good this week in Chicago sports. And I'm going to go ahead and go away from the Blackhawks for once. Nico Horner. I was at the Cubs game Mm. the other night, and he hit a grand slam and just kind of put a cherry on top of a wonderful night at Wrigley Field, as we have had so many over these summers, over the years. But Sunnyside has a tremendous house of brands to choose from. Mindy's, the best-tasting gummy and chocolate edibles, created by James Beard Award-winning chef Mindy Siegel and Cresco Labs. My favorite brand, the good news. They've got the gummies, the rechargeable vape pens, and the carts. Uh, perfect for great moments with the crew. I love the counting sheep, uh, either the gummies or the uh, rechargeable vape pen. The Frye is great if you're a little bit socially anxious, like this guy here talking. Really takes the edge off when you're heading out for the night. Great stuff from Good News in Mindy's. They got Cresco, High Supply, Floracal, Wonder, Remedy, all these great brands, all available at Sunnyside. And now through August, head to sunnyside.shop. And use code CHGO25 at checkout for 25% off your total order. That's one use per customer, and it's not stackable with other promotions, but it's not only for new customers. Anyone can use our code. Pick up everything you need to elevate your summer. Must be 21 plus or an Illinois MedCard holder. Again, that is sunnyside.shop and code CHGO25 for 25% off your total order. Wasn't uh, wasn't Mindy's the restaurant from Seinfeld that Banyan wanted to go for? Wasn't that Mindy's? Mendy's. Mendy's. Sorry. Mendy's. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Soup is not a soup. meal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's correct. Soup is um, not a meal. Yeah. It is not. <laughs> Even the heartiest of soups, you still need something with it. Yeah. Yeah. Like a, like a hearty broccoli cheddar, you need to have something with. It. Yeah. Garbage can. Like a cheeseburger. <laughs> Only mentioned that to, to yeah, piss off Greg. It works. Congratulations. I hate that stuff. Ugh. Uh, I can't wait for more of it at the UC this year. Delightful. Uh, yeah. You always knew when those elevator doors open that it's broccoli cheddar night. It's just got that <laughs> funk. You smell it. Got, yeah. yeah. Well, hey, we got some Ugh. good news on our uh, on our event front. And and mm-hmm. I gotta shout out. White Sox fans who, in an upset, the White Sox Crosstown Series takeover sold out before the Cubs won. So there you go. The July 26th Cubs at White Sox game, a guaranteed rate field, our CHGO Crosstown takeover is sold out. However, whether you're a Sox fan or a Cubs fan, tickets still remain for the August 16th takeover White Sox at Cubs at Wrigley Field, 7.05 p.m. and Section 425R. There's going to be a pregame meetup at 5.30 at a bar in the area. We don't want to confuse people and have them Google. Do they have any of those down there? (laughs) I wasn't aware. (laughs) Just a couple. Slim pickings. (laughs) I want to vote for the G-Man. That's my favorite. And and Nisi. Either of those are fine, but I don't think it's going to be either of those. Each ticket purchase comes with a new CHGO baseball shirt, south side or north side, based on preference. Shirt and size are chosen at checkout and order confirmation. We saw which fan base is more diehard. The Sox sold out first, but yeah. Cubs fans, go get your tickets right now. Allchgo.com. Navigate over to that events tab. Click down to the Crosstown Series takeovers, and you can go from there. Diehards, of course, you will save on the event. You can go to the CHGO Diehard tab if you're a diehard. 
go to Die Hard Events and you'll get it right there too and get your discount. So do it. Hey, we hope a, to see you there. That's a testament to what we're doing at CHGO that we could even make a shitty game between the Cubs and White Sox uh, Sell out. you know, appealing to our yeah. to our diehards. So yeah. we should pat ourselves on the back for that. Hey, give us the Barry Horowitz treatment. We're 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 making we're making mid level baseball appealing to our fans. That's yes. that's an accomplishment. Kings of mid. Yes. Um, Mike <laughs> chiming in with Wrigley Field is garbage. Thank you, White Sox fan. Um, <laughs> Must be. Yeah, it's okay. Okay. Whatever. I'm a. <laughs> yeah, it's all right. Um, it's fine. I just wanted to give him the attention he wanted. Um, all right. We got three tiers left. Uh, tier yes. three. Mario calls the. As I scroll down. Sorry, I'm scrolling, scrolling. The good prospect <laughs> slash complimentary player tier. Yeah, so this one is is the most populated tier of the pyramid. So if you were to actually make a pyramid shape, it would kind of look like a more like an ace uh, than a, than a pyramid. But hey, it's <laughs> it's it's still it still counts. Um, yeah, in in this in this tier, we got Landon Slager, Colton Dock, Jalen Lipen, Paul Ludwinski, Ryan Green, Dominic James, Isaac Phillips, Wyatt Kaiser, Ethan Del Mastro, Nolan Allen. Sam Renzel, Adam Guyan, Ilya Safanov, Gavin Hayes, Martin Mysiak, and Samuel Savoie. He should be in his t- the tier above Bedard. He's in his own tier. <laughs> Love that guy. I will say, though, uh, Savoie moved from last year to this year moved up from four to three. So he's he, he progressed up the chart. Um, yeah, I, I, I think this is this is where a lot of really good uh, prospect systems, if you look across the board, um, this is where, you know, those top end prospect systems in the league, this is where most of them are the fattest because you have a lot of these guys that, you know, they're, they're in that tier where it's like, could, are they on the cusp of being, you know, one of these players that that's going to be looked at as a, as a building block. Um, but at the very least they have a path to the NHL. I think when you're looking at prospect systems, the more players that you have, that you can see a path to the NHL without having to be like, oh, well, if this goes right and this goes right, and you know, maybe if this player does X, Y, Z, the less you have to say that about a prospect, uh, the more that their path to the NHL becomes clear. And I think with with the Blackhawks and, and this group, each of these players, you can see a path to the NHL um, already in 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 their in their young careers. Um, like I said, Savoie moved up uh, this year uh, up into this into this tier. Um, a guy that I was like just on the cusp of putting into the second tier, uh, but decided to keep him down was Colton Doc because, like we've mentioned before, we're he's a really good prospect when he's healthy. He's been really productive when he's healthy. But what is he at the professional level? We're going to get the opportunity to see that this year as he makes the jump to the pro leagues. He's going to play with the Rockford Ice Hogs uh, this year. I really want to see what what can he become as a professional player because as a prospect he was you know a, a captain in Kelowna he was a top six player with Seattle um, you know he was a good goal scorer he played with Team Canada as more of a defensive forechecking role so he he has some versatility to his game but what can he do at the professional level that'll stand out and get him to that NHL level and get him to be more than just a depth guy at the NHL level. So I, I, he's one of the guys in this group that I'm really interested to see what he can become. The rest of a lot of these guys, I, I feel like 
you know, you, you see their path. Uh, Landon Slager, high energy guy, relentless four checker. Um, he's going to be a, a fourth year college player at Notre Dame. I still think he's in the organization's plans. I'd be surprised if he's not signed uh, after this season. Jalen Lipens is kind of in that same mold, hardworking, uh, relentless guy offensively. Uh, has a, has a, has a scoring touch at the at the prospects level. So let's see what he can do as he becomes a pro this year. Paul Ludwinski, speed guy, energy guy. You're going to get a, a lot of a lot of that in this tier. Is the heart, the effort, the heart, the um, you know the hard working, the speed. Uh, that's that's where a lot of these guys uh, shine. Ryan Green is another one that was kind of on that cusp for me. I'm really excited to see what he does at Boston this year. Um, I think he's one of those guys that I could see moving up. If he has, if he has a really good season this year, his second year at Boston, I could potentially see him being one of those guys that I put in, into the second tier next year. Um, Isaac Phillips, is he an NHL player? Like we talk about Alex Vlasic kind of having the, the red carpet rolled out to like here, become an NHL player. Isaac Phillips is like kind of on that same red carpet of like, this is your opportunity. Like you, you've, you've, he's done really well at the AHL level. He's developed, um, on a faster path than I think expected because of COVID and the OHL shutdown, he was able to play in the AHL uh, before players usually are able to. And I think he's benefited from that. So what does he do this next season? Wyatt Kaiser is a guy that he was a lot like Alex Vlasic was last year where, you know, he came in, got a taste of the NHL out of college, really played well. Does he stick in the NHL? Does he make the team out of camp? Does he go to Rockford and, and play primarily there? Um, we'll end up seeing what he does, but he's another one of those guys where, you know, he does a lot of things good. Does he do anything great? Um, Renzel, I want to, I want to see a little bit more out of him. Um, I think the upside is there. There's, there's a reason he was a first round pick. Um, but he's a guy that I, I want to see what he does at Minnesota because he was pretty good in the, in the USHL with Waterloo. Um, didn't really jump off the page defensively, but I think he's going to go to a Minnesota program where he's going to get an opportunity to, uh, play in some big games, play for a big time program, um, play on a very talented team. Um, so I like to see what he can do uh, in those steps. Del Mastro and Allen, I think one of those two guys becomes uh, a version of Brent Seabrook as a professional. And I, I, I they're both going to play with Rockford this year. I would be shocked if um, either of them uh, doesn't make their NHL debut at some point this year. I, I, I really think both of them have the the physicality the size the skating the offensive input uh to their games where you know they could be one of these guys that you maybe you pair with uh korchinski down the line um i think there's there, there's an opportunity for their uh, for them there to 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 make those strides savoir i mean with the, the the comparisons to andrew shaw have been bountiful um i i'm really excited to see what he does in the queue this year with with gatineau again um he'll get a top six opportunity uh, and when we talked with him at, uh, at development camp, one of the things that he said was, you know, one of the biggest parts of his game is getting under the skin of an opponent, being physical, being pesty, um, while also still being able to contribute offensively. And he still wants to do that, still wants to have that be a part of his game, but he doesn't want to lose the production, the point production that he can, that he can bring to the table. And he's going to get an opportunity to play in a top six role where, you know, lane, lane 10 hits, but having zero shots on goal might not fly, but where you can do that as a third liner. Um, so I'm interested to see what his production is like this next season. 
coming up here. Gavin Hayes was a 40-goal scorer in the OHL. Let's see what he does uh, again next year. Myziak, I believe, is going to go play in the OHL. Uh, he was drafted first overall uh, by the Erie Otters in the European import draft. Um, if not, he'll stick in the USHL for another season. Um, Adam Guyen, I... I said on yesterday's show he's going to Michigan State. I had my wires crossed. That's Trey Augustine. Guyon's actually going to Minnesota Duluth, another top program. Uh, but that'll be his first year in college, so I'm excited to see uh, what he can do. If he can grab a starting role at Duluth, that'd be amazing. Uh, I believe he's going to be there with Dominic James, who is also at Duluth. He's another fast forward that the Blackhawks have in their system. Um, and then to round it out, the Russian Ilya Safanov, I think he's one of the more underrated prospects in the entire system, just because he's in Russia. It's, it's a little bit harder to, to get eyes on him, you know, here in North America to get a reading on him. But from all accounts and, and Greg, you were able to, to, to track him, uh, this past season in the rebuild report, looking at the, uh, the European prospects. I mean, he was a captain in the KHL as a 21 year old. Uh, he's a big guy, big center. Uh, something that the Blackhawks don't have is, is a guy that can play a, a two-way game and, and have like you know a big, solid frame, and it looks like he's that kind of player. So I'm really interested to see if and when he comes to North America um, and what he can do when he gets here. Yeah, you could argue that um, you know this is the most important tier for sustained success. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Because not everybody – there are some teams, franchises that have never had a guy in that top tier. They're still waiting for that guy. And when you do get a guy in that tier, he doesn't stay there for very long because usually they're fast-tracked to start him. Um, so that second tier of all-star caliber players, you don't get a lot of those guys either. But when you do, guys in those top two tiers become very expensive if you want to keep them around. So you need to be able to constantly have guys out of this middle tier to in and out just shuffling through. These are the types of guys that that you need in order to win four seven-game playoff series. You need to have that depth. You need to be able to – and then these are the guys that, unfortunately, a lot of times will have to get sacrificed in, in, in hard salary cap summers. But if you've got a constant flow of these guys coming up through your organization, it makes those decisions a lot easier. So this is the most important tier as far as – building a long-term contender and the fact that there are so many names in it is very encouraging at this point. Now, not all of these guys are going to hit their potential. Not all of these guys are going to be NHL players. Not all of these guys are going to be, if they are NHL players, it won't be with the Blackhawks necessarily, but the more chances you have, the better, you know, the more chances you have to, to hit on some of these guys. I know we had a couple comments about, you know, Sam Renzel being a first round pick and he's only in this tier right now, but we got to remember he's 19. And we knew when this draft pick was made that it was a long term project, um, a three to five year development arc for this kid. And he, the reason he was taken there was because he already had gotten Korchinski and Nazar in that first round. So you, you, that was a pick that you definitely could use, uh, for a guy that takes more time. So I wouldn't be like crapping on the Sam Renzel pick right now. No, it's, but, uh, you probably don't make it, like, it if you don't have the other two picks. That's the thing. Yeah. If, if yeah. Sam Renzel was the only pick of the first round, then okay. But so, yeah, he's still going to take some time to get where he needs to go. And uh, I wouldn't be, you know, let's see where he does. He's, as you mentioned, Mar, he's going to Minnesota. There's, there's, 
there's one of the best programs out there for development. So let's see where, where he is next year. I'd be willing to bet that next year he's pushing into that second tier. Uh, you mentioned yeah. Isaac Phillips at the top two, and I think maybe we said this before. Just want kind of want to reiterate, like as you look at the pipeline that's coming up, you know, Del Mastro, Allen, Korchinski, Kaiser. This really feels like Isaac Phillips' chance to kind of prove it and to say I belong here too. Because after this year, I mean, if he doesn't prove it this year, there's a pretty good chance he gets forced out by some of these guys that are here. So he needs to, and like, look, the stuff he's done at the NHL level, there's nothing I've seen that makes me concerned for him at all, like that thinks he can't do it. But he wasn't able to stick full-time last year. There were up and down moments from him for sure. I I really want to see him get in the lineup consistently and maybe play with the same partner for a while and just see what they can do together and what an extended look will do for him because it is difficult, especially for defensemen, to be in and out, up and down all the time, you kind of got to get a rhythm going. And I want to see yeah. Isaac Phillips given that opportunity to, to get that rhythm going. Yeah. He's one of those guys where preseason is going to be a, <laughs> preseason games and preseason minutes is going to be a big factor for him. Huge. And yeah. and there's you know yeah he's he's going to be battling with with Vlasic and with Kaiser uh, and Del Mastro and Allen and, and Korchinski for for that NHL ice time. Um, not only this training camp and preseason, but probably into next year too. So, yeah, this is a this is a big opportunity for him to to take a hold of it and say like, yeah, I'm ready for the NHL, and you know, force the Blackhawks' hand to say we can't take you out of the lineup. All right, we've got two more tiers to go. The f- level four is your average prospect slash depth player. Yeah, this one I this one's a, a little bit more of. Um, for me, it's 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 players that have you can see, you can squint hard and you can see a pretty good player there. It's or uh, there's just still some more that we need to learn about these players. So uh, this one not as populated as as tier three, uh, but tier four is Aiden Thompson, Victor Schornberg, Anti Sorella, Tej Harding, Ryder Rolston, Michael Tepley, Marcel Marcel, and Nick Largis. Um, these are a, a lot of guys that I think. The potential is there. It's just uh, what what are they going to turn into? Um, I think Aiden Thompson is is a guy at Denver. He's at a great program. Um, he's he's definitely progressing in in the right direction. He had a really good season last year. I like to see it duplicated and and maybe built upon again uh, at Denver. That'd be great. I mean, that's one of those again. Like we talk about Minnesota being a, a great program to go to. Uh, DU is one of the best in in college to go to as well. Um, Sorella and and Schornberg for me, I could I could easily see moving them up. It's just that what is their game from Europe to North America going to translate mm-hmm. to? Um, Sorella was just signed this this uh, this past spring, so he'll be coming over to uh, to the Ice Hogs and and p- could potentially make the Blackhawks out of camp. Um, but he's played already five seasons uh, at the professional level since he was uh, you know seventeen eighteen years old over in Finland. Um, he's never had astronomical numbers in Finland, but he has been consistent. So I'm really interested to see what, uh, what he does when he does get to Rockford and, and get the opportunity to, you know, play, 
uh, professionally in North America where the ice is, you know, the, the, the ice is more condensed. The game is a little bit faster, a little bit more physical. Um, what is his transition going to be like professionally? Same thing for Schoenberg. Schoenberg is not this guy that, that's going to put up big numbers, uh, per, you know, production wise. Um, but he is in that mold of like fast, physical, hard worker, relentless uh, kind of player. He himself uh, has already played three seasons professionally uh, as a teenager. He just turned 20 this year as a teenager uh, in Sweden. Um, he was part of the uh, Team Sweden uh, sil- uh, bronze medal team two two years ago at the World Juniors. He captained Sweden uh, this past year at the at the World Juniors. They finished uh, with a loss in the third in the bronze medal game to I believe it was the United States. Um, and he is a two time uh, SHL champion with Vashau. So this guy at 20 years old is already very decorated uh, for for a Swedish prospect. So. I'm excited. He's one of the, out of the out of this group. He's the guy I'm most excited to see what what he be, what he becomes. And I think it's just a matter of if not when he eventually gets to gets to the uh, Blackhawks organization and gets to North America. I think he's he's one of these guys that I'm I'm thinking the the organization is going to uh, uh, is going to make a priority to uh, to develop and in, in, uh, in their European system and bring over to North America. Tej Harding, uh, when we talk about size, he is one of the biggest guys that the Blackhawks have in their prospect system. Six foot seven defenseman pushing 230, maybe into the 240 range. Uh, he's a big kid, and he he's another one of these long-term uh, defensive prospects. Um, he was a third-round pick out of the BCA, <coughs> the AJHL rather, um, the Alberta Junior League, uh, which is in one of that is that tier below. Uh, like the WHL uh, and he's playing, he's playing college at uh, Providence. Um, I, I think he's going to play all four years and, and eventually we'll have to figure out what the Blackhawks want to do with him. But I think he's one of those guys where the size and the physical tools are there. It's just how much of his, you know, on, on ice skill set is going to, is going to take him to the next level. Uh, Ryder Olson, we got to know him a little bit uh, this year, paying attention to him uh, at Notre Dame. He was their, their leading point producer uh, up until a collarbone uh, injury ended his season. Um, he's one of these guys that I think is, is going to come in and is he more than a career AHL player? I think that's the biggest question on him coming into it. He's, he's got the, the lineage with his, his dad being Brian Rolston, having a long, uh, successful career in the NHL. Uh, Ryder was a, a good producer for Notre Dame for the past two seasons. Um, like I said, this last season, his, his uh, year got cut short. Uh, with injury, so he'll be he'll be with the Ice Hogs. Um, he was at development camp. He looked like the guy, you know, from from everything that we saw on uh, on social media uh, from the Blackhawks regarding uh, development camp. It always seemed like Rolston was there, um, kind of being a little bit more of a leader within the group. So I think that could be a role that he plays um, as he turns professional and 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 is there with the uh, with the Ice Hogs. I know Nick Lardis was was somebody that uh, a lot of people felt like was a surprise that he was available when the Blackhawks ended up taking him uh, this last year. I'm excited to see what he does. Um, I, I hope he becomes one of the steals of the 2023 draft. Uh, I, I think he's got a lot of great tools there. Uh, and then the last two here, Michael Tepley, he's one of these guys that I've just, for the last three years, I've been waiting for him to kind of turn that corner as a prospect. And, you know, he's had some opportunities with the ice hogs. Um, he's a big guy. He's got the offensive skills. Um, he was another one of those players where 
because of uh, you know being able, having having played in Europe and then the COVID you know shortened seasons and everything, he was able to jump to the Ice Hogs a little bit earlier than expected. Um, but that season before he jumped playing professionally with the Ice Hogs, he was a point per game producer uh, in the WHL as as a as a 18, 19 year old. So you know the 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 talent is there. I just think the consistency is is the biggest question for him. Um, I don't know if he's ever going to take that take that jump because uh, he's had the opportunity to do it, hasn't done it yet. So this year is a, is a I think a big proving year to say, are you just a career a- AHL player or can you take that next step to the NHL? Uh, and then the last one here, Marcel Marcel. Um, this is this is probably the only guy that I would have left off, but because of a personal, I just want him to be an NHL <laughs> player eventually. Um, I put I put him in here. Big guy. Um, he's he he was supposed to go back to the to Gatineau and uh, be teammates with Sam Savoie again in the uh, in the in the Quebec Major Junior League, but just this past week he was uh, signed to an AHL deal, so he's going to be with the Ice Hogs this year. Might end up playing some some games in the ECHL with the Indy Fuel, but as a teenager, um, being able to you know get to the professional level. Um, at the size that he's at, I think it's a little bit easier, going to be easier for him because I think the physicality he'll be able to adjust to. Um, it's just the pace of everything. You know, it, he's going to have to process everything faster. He's going to have to be able to make decisions quicker. Um, I think he's got a, a good a good talent set. Uh, so we'll just see how he makes that transition to the pro game and what he can become. Well, that is very thorough work. I don't. I can't really take issue with anything you you did. I, I you know, there's no one I, that feels like egregiously overranked or underranked or anything like that. Um, it is tough to take the the hawks colored glasses oftentimes with these things. Yeah, but I think you did a really good job of doing that and uh, and tackling this thing in a good way. It's awesome work, Mario, and I, I know everybody enjoyed it. Uh, the rest, we're not going to go over the rest. <laughs> I will say, I will say one 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 thing that I saw. Um, uh, on online that someone said, you know, what about Roman Kansarov? Uh, the, the, the fifth tier, the everybody else tier, um, some of it is, I think these guys are just guys. Um, so, but some of it is also, I just don't know that much about them. And there's just so much still to learn about some of these guys. Um, Kansarov is one of those. He has, a uh, he, he had a very productive year, uh, in, in the, Russian minor leagues. Um, I think the upside is there. He's one of these more long-term project players. Um, but if he hits his ceiling, yeah, of course he's going to jump up. You know, if he hits those benchmarks, of course he's going to uh, eventually jump up the rankings. And I, I think if you're you're taking a guy in the second round out of the Russian junior leagues, uh, minor r- Russian minor leagues, something there, they see something there, something special. F- uh, that other teams maybe weren't weren't necessarily seen. He's a little bit on the smaller side, but I, I think what the Blackhawks believe his offensive capabilities are will push him up uh, up the pyramid as as years go on, and and hopefully he turns into someone that can come over play in the Blackhawks system and become a productive NHL player. That's 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 the hope we have for all of these guys. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's good stuff. Yeah, and I think it it is fair to not say like, oh, I think Kansarov is going to be a second tier. We have no clue, no clue. Right. So yeah, we'll 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 see. We'll let it play out. And uh, look, it's uh, the, like you pointed out, like the the fattest areas for the Hawks are the second and third tier. 
And that's that's what you were going to need to to have this thing <coughs> be successful for an extended period of time. So, Mario, great work. Good Thank job. you. I like those bobbleheads behind you, by the way. Did you get those from Foco? Uh, no, no, these were these were not from Foco. These uh, actually, this one might be. Uh, it is uh, Patrick Kane, Consmite the bobblehead. Oh, beautiful. so yeah. Is, he hand, is the, there like an animated where he hands it to Corey Crawford? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, this is from Fogo. See? Look at that. There you go. Didn't you can get know. this and many others like it. There you go. And the Hayden Wisniewski Immaculate Inning bobblehead. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Or your or your Spurch, your sports merchandise, your as we attacked it. You get your Spurch over at Foco. F-O-C-O. It's baseball season. It's summertime. They got everything you need. Your Aloha shirts, your straw hats, your polos, bags, everything you need for a game or just uh, hanging out with your buddies in your backyard. As we mentioned, you can get the bobbleheads, shoes, signs, anything you want to decorate your set or closet or office or place of residence in. Whatever you have to decorate, FOCO will uh, help you out in that um regard as well so check out foco.com foco.com or click the link in the podcast description and use the promo code chgo and you're going to get 10 percent off all non-presale items that's a great deal and if you're also looking for a great deal you're wanting to play cog hill before yes you're want to do it with uh with some of your favorite uh sports fans and and chgo folks Yes. You can do it. Friday, August 25th is our inaugural CHGO kickoff classic at Cog Hill. 9 a.m. shotgun start brought to you by Pins and Aces and the Big Drive Energy podcast. CHGO, Big Drive Energy, and Pins and Aces are hosting the inaugural kickoff classic golf tournament at Cog Hill course number two. You can sign up as an individual, twosome, or foursome at allchgo.com. Diehards, of course. You get a discount too. Email events at allcitynetwork.com to receive your diehard discount code. All this information, by the way, is on the event page. If you go to allchgo.com, the events tab, the first event there is our kickoff classic and all this info is in there. But your entry fee includes 18 holes with a cart, an exclusive pins and aces tee gift for every player, access mm-hmm. to our limited edition pins and aces and CHGO polo, Whole contest, great giveaways and prizes for contest holds, winning teams, and last place. Woo! Lunch, drinks, and a ceremony after the round. Whole and tournament sponsorships are available as well. Again, go to allchgo.com to get all the information on the inaugural CHGO kickoff classic. And we told you earlier that the White Sox Crosstown uh, takeover is sold out. The Cubs, what I'm told, is also very close to selling out. So if you've been waiting, don't Wait, you don't want to miss this. AllCHGO.com to get your tickets to all of our wonderful events. Tickets are selling fast. Like hotcakes. Yes, hotcakes. Yes. Did we ever figure out who had the uh, pancake problem from the other day? Was it Dustin Penner? Oh, uh, was uh yes, it was Dustin Penner. Dustin Penner. Okay. Yes, yes it there was. We go. I'm glad we figured that out. Yeah, I have a question. Uh who gets to shoot the shotgun at the at the uh, shotgun start? Uh not me. It's, I'm not interested. Mm. <laughs> I think someone like uh, maybe. I don't know if I trust anybody on our staff. Maybe Braggs. <laughs> I think Braggs is probably the most equipped to handle the heavy equipment. Sure. Yeah. I think he could do it. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I know a couple of people I don't want to do it. Mm. We'll save that for an off air conversation. <laughs> I think Steven <laughs> could heft it too, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. I think if you're just, you're just firing a shotgun up in the air, that could feel ex- exhilarating. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just like, hey. Guns are scary. Not my yeah. thing. Not my thing at all. As long as it won't. Uh, maybe it's like a starter pistol where it's not actually going to hurt anybody. It just makes a noise. Yeah. Could be like that. There or just go. maybe a whistle. Good air horn. <laughs> yeah. N- a nice air horn. Yeah. Everybody's safe with an air horn. Yeah, I, I, I have air horns with me at all times. I'm always equipped with an air horn. There it is. Yes. That's all we need. <laughs> First shot of the day. First one in the ravine. There you go. I'm going to stock up on balls. That's what I need to do. Get a couple dozen, Clip. and I should be good for Clip one that. round. Clip that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We're going to wrap things up. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Yes. Monday is Mailbag Monday. Get those questions Woo. in. At CHGO underscore Blackhawks on Twitter. At CHGO underscore Blackhawks on threads. We're still there, damn it. We're still doing it. Uh, Email us, Blackhawks at allCHGO.com to get your questions in. And, of course, our diehards only uh, Discord channel. Get your questions there as well. We'll get the first two weeks of the offseason. We've needed two shows to get to all of them. So let's keep that trend going. We like your feedback. We like your questions. We get tired of hearing our own thoughts. We want to get yours in there as well. So hit us up. For mailbag Monday, we'll talk to you and at two o'clock. Yeah, by Monday, yeah, yes. we don't have it yet. By the um, by Monday, we will have a Philip Kirsch of uh, arbitration ruling. I'm doing one nope. more quick no ruling refresh before we log off. Yeah, and it's probably going to be at five o'clock on Friday. Mark Lazarus movie reviews. Yeah, not interested there. Yeah, <laughs> nothing new on yeah. the Kirsch front. All right, well, all right, we'll know by Monday. That's for damn sure. And if anything crazy happens, you know we'll be around this weekend. So uh, you know where to find us. We'll talk to you Monday at 2 o'clock on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on that's nice at caskers.com we make this experience easy caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code welcome 10 for ten dollars off your first purchase get ten dollars off your first purchase with code welcome 10 at caskers.com ah mmm the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. <laughs>